Welcome to Street Smart Success, where real estate entrepreneurs share their backgrounds, experience, and lessons learned. This is Roger Becker, your host. Learn with me as I drill down with guests about their paths to success and what they're doing now. So today we have with us a man I am super, super excited to talk to, but not because of the usual reasons. You know, what I love about this guy is on his profile for his education, it's School of Hard Knocks. So that always gets me excited, this being the Street Smart Success podcast. He is an expert, expert, expert in short sales. Uh, which I don't know anything about. He is the owner-operator of Real Estate Recovery Group and is helping zillions of homeowners. So he is Matt Marinoff. Matt, welcome to Street Smart Success. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Roger. Yeah. And you know what? I know you you wrote a book. I know it. it's a bestseller. We're going to talk about it. But before we get to that, Matt, I know you're there in the most populous state in the union per capita, like for the amount of land mass. And it's a beautiful state. A lot of people don't know this about New Jersey. But here's my question is, are you born and bred New Jersey, been there whole life? Or were you born somewhere else? Or what? what's the what's the Matt Marinoff upbringing story? So uh, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. I've been here my, my whole life. Uh, I call it Dirty Jersey. And hopefully one day I, I hope to escape it. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but this is really the only state I've ever lived in. I don't like four seasons. I would like to be in a situation where there's just one season and it's just hot. But unfortunately, if I go where I want to go, I go alone and I don't go with my wife because she likes seasons. So I have to make a determination. Do I want to stay with my wife for a long haul or do I want to give her 50%? So we have to meet somewhere in the middle. I understand. <laughs> she won't even do a second home somewhere. You know, she would, but you know, I you know, I always worry about like, you know, uh, do we rent it, Airbnb it? Do we I I think I would worry more than she would as far as like, you know, what's going on with the property. So I probably have to put cameras all over the place to make sure that, you know, we don't have any squatters in the property. That's just the jersey in me, I think. I understand. That's pretty funny. And so when I see somebody that went to school hard knocks, that always piques my curiosity. You know, that to me says there's an interesting story. And so- hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So what's the story behind that? I love that. Well, growing up, um, I was one of those kids that was never supposed to really, I guess, make anything of themselves. I was told that I was stupid, dumb, lazy, worthless, not from my parents, but from the educator side. They just didn't know how to teach me. And I couldn't learn mainstream the way that they wanted to teach like everybody else. I was very, I was bored very easily. So they couldn't really, I guess, test me properly because of the, um, the issues that I had, which, you know, back in the day, you know, they considered you have a learning disability. My disability was I could not learn mainstream. So I always had to figure out a way around mainstream learning to figure out how I could break through and be successful. Well, I cracked the code for myself and I didn't go obviously mainstream. And I went a completely different you know, direction uh, as far as 
back then when you said the word entrepreneur, they looked at you as you were, you know, you were lazy or, you know, you, you, you weren't going to get an education. So there, there, there are two people I believe in the world. There are people that love the nine to five hustle and bustle. And then there are people that would shy away from a nine to five and they would love to work, you know, 16 hours a day and be considered them be their own boss. I guess that's my personality. So that's the behind the scenes. And I always thought D was for diploma, nothing more than that. And I escaped and I, and I say it sincerely, jokingly not, I escaped high school uh, and never looked back. And I finally found my rhythm in my 20s as far as where I always wanted to be, which was in real estate and not really understanding and realizing and wanting to help people. In, in distressful situations. So I was very fortunate. I see. And so uh, you wanted to help people in distressed situations. And that brings us pretty quickly to, you know, the world of short sales and loan yeah. modifications and settlements. And how did you, like, what was your toe in the bathtub into that business? Like, how did, how did you start in it and what did you do? So it's funny. So when I got into the industry, believe it or not, um, I was at the tail end of a career. I was a train operator. And most people think I'm joking around when I say that, but believe it or not, this is the train that I operated. This is an electric train and this is a pantograph. And I did this for about six years. Wow, and, man. And um, that, well, I actually met my wife during that time frame. And I was, I was, I could never remember. I couldn't learn mainstream. So I had to learn a book that was this thick for rules and guidelines for the, for the railroad. So this woman, for whatever reason, took an interest in me and figured out how to crack the code and, tr and, and educate me. And um, I pretty much aced all my exams to be a train operator. And I told my father, I was like, listen, if this woman's going to hang around and help me become a better person, you know, I got to marry her. So we ended, up, <laughs> we ended up getting married. And then two weeks after we got married, I ended up getting sick. And uh, believe it or not, I, I almost died. I was in a hospital. And um, I had a, a bout of uh, colitis, which was a little bit of a form of Crohn's. And for whatever reason, um, I had colitis as, at a young age and then it went away forever. And then it just came back with a vengeance. So I had to, I guess, give away the dream job that I had had that I loved and I was building a, a massive reputation with the New Jersey Transit. And I probably could have gotten very high up in the company, but I had to go in a different direction. So my tip of the toe into a different realm of real estate, which is always was my first love, was I ended up working with my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law and running a for sale by owner service for people that were selling their properties privately. It's, this drove real estate agents nuts. It drove investors nuts. It drove other mortgage professionals nuts because they didn't understand the concept of it. And it was pretty simple. You're selling a property, people have to buy a house. You want to make sure that they're qualified to buy the property. You're doing it untraditionally, so you want to make sure you're covered. Also, you're going to sell your property. You're going to get a mortgage. You're going to move on to the next property. So the concept of it was very profitable. But in around 2005, in the middle, we started to see a change, a little bit of a shift in the market. 
And it was where people were paying the difference of their mortgages. And there was a, you know, the Tickler loans that were in place. So because of that, their mortgages were, were rising. So people were being put into bad loans. So I quickly shifted gears, believe it or not, and was contacted by someone who was annoyed by what I offered as far as a service. And I met with his his partner, his business partner, explained his, their, biz, their business model, ended up taking a class, loving it. And then that just shifted my whole gear towards helping people that were in distress with their properties uh, and helping people that were considered to be underdogs. They didn't understand the type of product that they actually got put into, which really drove people to the brink of bankruptcy, divorce, suicide wrecking families uh, because they were going into these mortgages that quite honestly, it was too good to be true. Meaning somebody's buying a property for $350,000. Hey, why buy that property? I could put you in the house at $600,000 and your payment could be the same. Why not go into that? So there really wasn't any type of education. It was like the wild, wild west. So after that, I ended up... Um, homing like craft for about two years or so. And then I was presented with the idea of, hey, look, nobody's doing what we're doing. Do you want to start training people to do what you do? And that was the beginning of really the short sell savage and me being able to show other people to what I do. But most people can't do what I do because I say I'm dumb as a stump, you know, uh, you know, dumb as a rock, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't understand the concept of the word no means nothing to me. And that's where the phrase came. It's not a no until you get a restraining order. So there's a lot of stuff that really, <laughs> that really came into play. And I actually put it in my book so people understood the book that I put out. That's my first book. I have a couple ideas for other books. I've already drafted an outline for a second book. So there's, there's so much information that's out there that nobody wants to really teach. No one wants to show people that there's a way where you can actually help people and you can make a very good living doing it. Hey, Street Smart listeners, I'd like to introduce a great partner for you. As you know, insurance is one of the biggest expenses on the P&L. That's why I'm recommending Assured Partners. Assured Partners helps you lower risk and therefore can save you tons of money down the road. They insure over 2 million market rate and affordable units and are the sixth largest insurance property broker in the U.S. If you want a roll-your-sleeves-up partner that blankets you with service, give Robert Band, vice president, a call. Robert thinks like a CFO because he was a CFO for many years. Give Robert a call now at 305 467 5909. You'll be glad you did. Let me let me take you back for a minute. The service that you were providing for FSBOs, which is for sale by owner, I, I would assume, before you you kind of got into your current iteration. What what services were you providing those sellers? I was actually genius. Uh, what we did was uh, homeowners were spending anywhere between I'm going to say uh, 200 to almost $1,000 a weekend in advertising in hopes to sell their property. But it was like they were regurgitating as much information that they could out in a very small print ad. And people were either 
turned off by it or really just wanted to know the price of the property and how many bedrooms there were. So what I did is I I devised with my brother-in-law a way to capture people that might be interested in purchasing property. So I don't know if you remember this or not, but this this actually caught on nationwide. We ran five counties in New Jersey, but we shared our success with other people that were doing it around the United States. And it was a very simple concept. Find out how you could buy this property for as little as $500 out of pocket. Three-bedroom Cape or three-bedroom, one-bath Cape. Call this phone number with the extension. Now, you'd call in the phone number, and the information that was given was very simple. They would talk about the property. They would request, if you're a, a potential buyer, please press one to speak with the homeowner now. If you're a real estate agent, please honor the wishes of the homeowner. They're not interested in speaking with real estate agents right now, only potential buyers. If you want to find out how you could buy this property for as little as $500 out of pocket, press seven now to speak with a mortgage professional. Roger, this was fucking genius because the amount of call volume that came in was bananas. And the lead generation that get pulled in was genius. The homeowners that were spending $200 to $1,000 a week were now spending upwards of 50 to 80 bucks for a whole weekend versus having to do it where they were doing it and blowing their load for one day on a Sunday. So it really, in my opinion, revolutionized the way of the marketing aspect of it. And we had a professional sign made up for the homeowner with an 800 number, an extension, the finance options on the sign, the, the, the mortgage professional who was doing it. And it really pissed off so many people that real estate agents would call me and say, this is illegal. You shouldn't be doing this. It was 100% legal. And I begged, begged, please make a complaint. Call channel 7, 11, 2, 4, 5, whoever you want to call. Make it known that this is being ha- that this is happening. Obviously, it would have been funny if it did. But would, would the 800 number run in lieu of those print ads too? Would you? Yeah, so the 800 number was there. So it gave all the information that a massive print ad would so, give. So you didn't need to spend 200 bucks. You spent like 13 bucks or something with the 800 number. Well, right. here's what we did. We also bought advertising blocks. So we we basically said, we're going to guarantee X amount of time over the course of 12 months. That was ingenious. And you clearly, like a lot of marketing people, you were a delinquent student like myself. And marketing has been my business for, you know, 40 years. Anyway, there's the answer to that, how you're helping people, you know, sell their own homes. So on the distress side and bringing it up current, um, if somebody's underwater, what do you do for them and how do you charge and you know what is the value prop of what you do value proposition is really easy i'm the guy that shows homeowners that foreclosure should never be an option foreclosure should never be an option when you're in distress um people don't think clearly they don't they don't want to hear what they don't want to hear meaning like you're not going to keep your house they don't want to hear it uh, but but they like the concept of slowing it down. So my job is to, and I, and I equate it as a race car. Race cars whip around the track doing 200 miles an hour. My job is to sl- slow that race car down 
So it never finishes the, the finish line, much like the foreclosure, pro- foreclosure process. So we try to slow the car down to about 10, 15 miles an hour. Cruising around the track, real estate recovery group comes in and we work with the lender, lenders, liens that may be on the property, do what we can to settle everything out and sell the property for less than what's actually owed on the house and make it a win-win situation. Seller does not pay for our services. The buyer pays for our services so they know that if they're paying us, we're doing the right job for them, but we're also doing the right job for the seller to get them out of the situation that they're in. The, the, the way this thing works, the marriage is magical if it's followed properly. And unfortunately, there's a couple of people out there that fly off the reservation and they don't understand that the process can be consuming. It can take a lot of time to do it, although we have an average of what we do to get the deal done. Um, and there's two different short sales, by the way. There's an investor short sale and there's a retail short sale. And most people don't want to hear that. But after 17 years in the business, I'm telling you like it is. So there is no cost to the seller. The, the, the purchase price is the purchase price. And then the buyer pays us our percentage or a fee uh, to help them obtain the property. But they need to know, the buyer needs to understand that unless this transaction makes sense for the seller, then the seller does not have to move forward if it doesn't make sense for them. So why does a lender or somebody with a lien, why would they take less than what the seller, the homeowner owes? That's a great question. So the majority of lien holders, when they position themselves onto an asset, run the risk of getting wiped out. And when they run the risk of getting wiped out, the sound of something versus nothing makes more sense to them than anything else. Now, is there a guarantee? Absolutely not. But what I like to do, which is completely different, and I like to have the time to do it, is I will work a short sale in reverse, meaning I like to do a lot of the legwork and the dancing and the practicing before the main event, whereas people literally take a listing and throw shit up against the wall and think they're going to have success. We're at a very high success rate of what we do in the finished product because we understand the rules, regulations, and guidelines, which incidentally is the name of my company, Real Estate Recovery Group, which stands for rules, regulations, and guidelines. And that's what I put into place because it's not a it's it's not a it's not a fire drill. This isn't something where I want to go out there and go, hey, let's let's see if we can make something out of this. It's what are we gonna do to get from A to C? And then the difference between A and C is the bank and the buyer of how we're going to make it work so both of them are happy so it can get rid of, you know, the seller, get that monkey off the seller's back. And what's a typical amount, if there is such a thing, less than what's owed that you will offer the lender? Um, you know, it's, it, it's a case-by-case scenario. And obviously, every lender, every bank has different uh, guidelines that they go off of. But I would say typically um, for round numbers of $100,000 is owed based on the condition of the property, the investor, and what they're willing to net off of the sale of the property and let the property go for less. I would say typically it's about 60, probably 60, maybe 35, 40% off of what the actual value of the property would be. I see. 
And then, and then is the buyer coming in? What are they paying relative to market value when, when they come in on the buyer side? That's what they're paying. They're typically oh, okay, paying. that's what I see. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's yeah. no markup in that. Listen, I, 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 look, there's plenty of people out there. There's shysters and there's people out there that I like to call banksters. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a shyster. I'm not a bankster. I'm a guy who was an underdog and I like to help other people that are underdogs and let them understand what their, know what their options are. That's it. It's plain and simple. But my understanding of what you're doing, and again, I, I'm not familiar with this, so I, I ask the rudimentary, you know, questions your your grandmother would ask. Um, so, yeah. but you're you're representing the seller, correct? And that's the service. I'm you're representing the seller, and I'm representing the buyer. There's disclosures. There's paperwork that has to be signed off on. Everybody understands what real estate recovery groups' role is. I make it very easy for people to understand. Here's a problem, Roger. Nobody reads the paperwork. Nobody reads disclosures. So then I'll get a nasty phone call from a buyer's attorney and he'll say to me, hey, how dare you talk to my client? And so it's funny you say that. Uh, he actually signed off on paperwork. He's actually my client too. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you can't do that. That's a uh, conflict of interest. Did you read my paperwork? Well, the answer is no, because you didn't sign off on it like I asked you to. And I get a lot of slide remarks from attorneys. Some attorneys really love me and some attorneys really hate me. Here's why they hate me. They hate me because I understand what they don't care to understand, which is the buyer wants to buy the property at a fair price. The seller wants to get out of the situation that they're in so they can move on with their life. But how can I communicate with both parties if I'm not the middleman, I have to be the middleman and I have to be the voice of reasoning. I'll tell you this. I've had so much success doing that and being the middleman between the seller and the buyer that we actually get leads from servicing companies. Do you hear what I just said? Yeah. The servicing companies yeah. actually have given us leads on distressed real estate because they understand the concept of what my company does. That's it. All my company is, is a voice of reason. Foreclosure should never be an option. And it's not a no until you get a restraining order. And again, Matt, you work on the on a flat percentage of, of the, the purchase no. price? No, I get a, uh, a base price fee or a percentage of whatever the sale is. So my, my, my fee is a minimum of $10,000 to work on a short sale or 3%, which is ever greater. Okay. So if a house is 400,000, my company gets $12,000. If a company is, let's say, you know, $300,000, my company gets $10,000. Just it. for round number. And, and where are, I mean, just to give a sense of scale, how many of these things do you do a month, a year, however you want to break it down. And, and where are most of them? Are they in Jersey? Are they all over? I'm very fortunate that I can pick and choose the transactions I want to get involved in. I know there's a lot of people out there that have these mill services and they try to run hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of transactions. My company's not set up like that, nor do I want it to be set up like that. 
I want to work with individuals that want to get out of the situation that they're in. I want to work with people that understand you're not walking away with $50,000 at the table. You haven't paid your mortgage in two to 10 years. You're owed nothing. You're fortunate that you're in that property for that long. You should have saved at least $500 a month. What if you had to go somewhere and rent? So when someone says to me, oh, geez, $10,000, that's a lot of money. Is it a lot of money? Because if you had to go through what I go through on a daily basis on the transactions that we go through, if someone used to walk a day in my life and see what I go through, they'd say to me, dude, you're insane. Why would you put yourself through that? Because I'm conditioned for it. I might not look like a, a professional bodybuilder or somebody that can, you know, run marathons and stuff like that, but I'll go toe to toe every single day with the bank. So for me, I understand what's needed to get to the finish line before the foreclosure, but everybody has to be on the same page. I'm worth every penny. In fact, I probably should be charging a lot more than I charge for my service. Now you would say $10,000, it's a lot of money. But if you put into the matrix, we closed on a condo. I think this guy got the condo probably, he said, he knew what he wanted to pay in the high end. We probably saved him about $35,000, $40,000 off of what he would have didn't want to pay for the property because he knew that he had to put some money into it. But he wanted to be, you know, in the positive, which I totally respect. So we're helping people. We 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 close quite a, a number of transactions per year that I'm happy that you know we have my family has a good life. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But we don't have to take. But we don't have to take every deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. And then, how many uh, employees do you have? Just to get a sense of. Sounds like you've got a great lifestyle business, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So we have right now. Um, I have four people on my team besides me. Nobody works for me. They work with me, completely different philosophy. And I have no problem that one, if somebody wants to work with us and partner up uh, and, you know, give and take. Sometimes we're fortunate enough we can give out leads to real estate agents where they can get listings. But also, too, I offer a service, which I have to tell you, I'm about an 85 to 90 percent close ratio in 30 minutes on the phone with a homeowner that's in distress and getting somebody a listing. And I tell people all the time, put me in the hot seat. You want to see if I'm full of shit? Put me in the hot seat. I know I'm not full of shit. I want to see if you're full of shit. Because if you have somebody who's in trouble, let's see if we can help them together. Because if you don't see value in that, if you don't see value that if you have somebody that wants to talk to you and you don't know what to say, and I do, and I can help you show them their options and let them know that foreclosure is not the option, and you don't see value in that, then you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Are you, um, you know, we're July of 2022. Interest rates are starting to go north. Uh, the economy's getting into some uncharted territory, man. Are you about ready to watch your business uh, get really uh, strong? So I had a conversation with somebody who's been in business for probably 25 years ago this morning. And, you know, I deal with people all, all over the United States and I'm not a name dropper. So I'm never going to drop anybody's name. Nobody needs to know who's in, in my phone book. I almost said Rolodex, which really would have showed my age. But nobody needs to know who I talk with on a daily basis. But I will say this. I think mean, people are in for a weird 
not rude, but weird awakening. This has a very familiar smell in the air of 2005. Is it going to be the same type of crash? Absolutely not. Is there going to be an adjustment? Absolutely, there's going to be an adjustment in the market. Every 10 years, we were due for some type of correction. We are well overdue for a correction. And doing this for 17 years, that's a long time. Full time, never any downtime, never ever where, oh my God, I got to go get a job. There's not enough income coming in. I never had that problem. So it is 2022. We are in July. Uh, people are like, what's your prediction? I'm not going to predict anything. I'm just going to say, let's see what happens in the next 12 to 24 months You know, with real estate. And if real estate interest rates come down, that would be great. Do I think they're going to skyrocket? I don't. But I, you know, listen, I, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, though I claim to be. But as far as the pricing for the property, it's going to be really similar to what happened in 2005. Whereas people are going to try to push properties that have no value for properties that do have value. That properties that are over leveraged, that properties that don't, that might have 50% equity in it. Because people keep talking about, well, properties have a ton of equity in it. But what about the people that don't have a ton of equity? What about the people that did a modification? What about the people that did a second modification? What about the person that did a third modification? Those people have already stacked up uh, silent seconds or even thirds that aren't really reporting on the actual mortgage statement. So they might say, hey, I only owe $400,000, but maybe they owe you know, $190,000 in, you know, quiet, as I call them, ghost mortgages. Let's talk about the people that took the chance over the last 10 years that took out equity loans on their property. Let's talk about the people that have failed mortgage, uh, failed uh, businesses that have, you know, sponsored loans on their property that maybe they have wraparound mortgages. I've seen it all and I will continue to see it. Short sales are never going to go away. Distressed real estate is never going to go away. All I've tried to do is position myself so whether it's a booming market or whether it's a glooming market, that I will always be busy because I've never overextended myself and went out and got massive office space, hired hundreds of people to work with me. I'm okay with the way the concept of my business works. It's a mom and pop feel where we care, but it's, it's, but it's an aggressive group of people that I have because of, I have a very bull, bullish um, persona about myself, but I'm really a big teddy bear. And, but I can help people, but if you corner me, I'm going to, I'm literally going to run, I'm going to run over you and I'm going to run right through the wall to do what I have to do to help the person who's in distress. Because, Roger, it's not about you and me. It's about the person who's in trouble. And that's truly why I wrote this book. I wrote this book because I was tired of saying the same stuff over and over again. And I wanted people to understand, like, this is a great way for somebody to understand without spending thousands of dollars to take a class. If I'm an investor, do I want to get involved in short sales? I don't know. If I'm a real estate agent, do I want to get involved in short sales? I don't know. This book really shows from a perspective of a buyer, a seller, a real estate agent, 
There's stories, real life stories in this book that show people what it really had gone on. There's a bonus chapter in this book. I wrote this book with the the coronavirus, the pandemic that's in here. I also talk about the 2007, 2008 crash, really what had happened during that time. And then I have a section here of people that I actually physically do business with that I offer to other people. People are like, dude, you're nuts. Why would you give away your 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 golden goose? Why would you give away people that you do business with? Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about people that are looking for resources. I don't care about the referral. I care about showing people there's a massive opportunity to help people and make money. You know, I don't have competition. I'll tell you straight out, there's no competition in what I do. There's really only a, a tremendous amount of opportunity. And so you were holding the book up, Matt, but a lot of the people or, or some will see this video, but many will not. They'll, they'll just listen to it on iTunes or Spotify or what have you. So yeah. say, the, say the name of the book. The name of the book is Short Sale Savage. It's three words, Short Sale Savage. And you could go on the Amazon. And actually, if you put in and if you type in on the search bar, Short Sale Savage, the book comes up. If you put my name, Matthew Marinoff, the book comes up. I've made it so easy, Roger, for people to reach me. I bought the domain name, MatthewMarinoff.com, which is on the screen. MatthewMarinoff.com. Now, MatthewMarinoff.com, it also has a link where you can buy the book. It has links to my social media where you can follow me. It also has a, you could call my cell phone number. My cell, my cell number is on MatthewMarinoff.com. Now, people laugh. They're like, oh my God. I got you. Yeah. So it's funny because, yeah, that's my cell phone number. That's my personal cell phone number. So I have two cell phones. But typically, about 90% of the time, I have my work phone with me. And I don't hide. I'm not that guy who's got all these different, you know, bogus phone numbers out there. I want to talk to people. I actually do the intake myself on every property that comes in because I want to find out, is it something that we want to get involved in? Can we add value? And if we can't, we will point people in the right direction that might be best suited for them. Just because I can't help them and maybe I won't make any money, which is okay, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have a different path to go through. Does that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely makes sense. But what would you say is the... uh most important lesson you've learned over the years doing what you do? What's my most important lesson that I learned? Yeah, yeah. Well, 99% of people are full of shit. <laughs> whether you're a buyer, whether you're a seller, um, whether you're a buyer's agent, listing agent, attorneys, title companies, um, talking to servicers, banks, lenders, investors of the loan, it really is a matter. I'm, I'm excited because, you know, the world has started to open up again. I have uh, two events coming up. Uh, I've, I've been asked to speak at uh, one event um, that's coming up right now uh, this weekend um, locally here in Newark, New Jersey. And then I actually just got invited to speak at a massive event at Jacob Javits Center in New York City. So I'm really excited about the exposure. And I will tell you this, everybody should write a book, 100%. Every single person has at least one book in them that tells them a story. Much like, and I tell this to people all the time, when I teach people, whether it's one-on-one, corporate training, 
um, group environment, Zoom, whatever people want to learn. And my prices are all over the place. So nobody can ever say I can't afford to learn what Matt learns because I make it very easy for them. Um, I think it's important that people understand you can help people in this industry truly and make a really good amount of money and feel good about what you're doing. I push away the people that have the persona of a car salesman, kind of like sleazy car salesman that's trying to sell me a warranty I don't need on my car. Or remember back in the day, they used to say the undercarriage spray and uh, they would put tar in your wheel well or whatever it is. Like if the car was really well made, you didn't need that. It was an upsell to make more money. And I appreciate that. But I would say for me, uh, it's about helping as many people as I can, educating as many people as I can. And, you know, quite honestly, if somebody actually reached out to me and said, hey, man, I really can't afford your book. I am literally on the balls of my ass. I cannot afford your book. I'm going to tell you right now, Roger, if somebody said to me, they, if they emailed me and said, hey, I can't afford your book, I would say you pay for the shipping for my book and I'll ship my book to you for free. Just pay for postage and handling. That's the type of person I am because I don't want somebody to feel like they're going to lose out on an opportunity to get educated. Look, my book is 20 bucks. If you can't afford $20, I'm not that guy that's going to, you know, basically rip you apart and make you feel like a piece of crap. I'm going to figure out a way. How do we get this book into your hand? Right. And then the education side of it, the education goes from, you know, a couple hundred to thousands. But why not start simple? Get a book and find out, is this something you want to get involved in? Not for nothing, but in September, I'm going to start marketing to distressed homeowners with my book and say, hey, go to this chapter, find out, does this sound familiar? Because they really should understand that they're they're not alone and they should understand what they're dealing with as far as from the south side, because a lot of them feel like they truly on a desert island and they're buried their head in the sand for so long that they just don't know what to do. And the, the fear has paralyzed them. So this truly, if you want to say it, is a 164 page business card that shows I know what the hell I'm talking about. Let's figure out how to help. That's really it. I just learned something I I had never heard. And I'm going to have to retain this, the saying. I'm on the balls of my ass. <laughs> yeah, on the balls of my ass. 100%. Never, ne never heard that before. Let me ask you this question. So are the most people that you've educated or educate or train, maybe train, are they people that want to get into the short sale business on the buy side? Or is it, you know, mostly working with home you know, homeowners that are underwater, like who comes to you for knowledge? Who buys your book? That's a, that, that's a good question. So um, really um, all walks of life. I actually looked yesterday. I think I have 31 reviews now on my book, which I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm touched. I love all the social media posts. I love the support of people that I know and the people that I don't know. Um, the people that are, that are purchasing the book, it's a mixture. It's somebody that might have gone through a short sale once get like some insight of like you know what went wrong maybe like what could i have done differently uh, buyers that want to purchase a distressed property want to have an understanding of you know because on the back of the book it gives a description of what the book is about 
it has a little something in there for everybody, for everybody to understand. So it's a, it's it's the buyer, it's the seller, it's the agent. Investors want to have an understanding of real a solid footing. Look, here's the thing. If you and I were to start out today in real estate and want to go buy a property and go like feet first and, and jump into something and say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna build a house over here. You have to have an understanding of what you're dealing with. And that's what I tell people. When you build a house, you have to have a footing, right? The footing requirements are different in each state. Then you've got the foundation requirements are different, probably in each state. The framing, the straps for the roof line are different. How do you go after something and be in a market space and not get properly educated? But people that I talk to, I gotta tell you, Roger, have spent anywhere between five to fifty thousand dollars in education in real estate and have done nothing because nobody ever said to them, "Hey, buy a paint sample for five dollars and see if you like it. Go to a free seminar, see if you like it. Go to you know maybe an upsell seminar." People just go from A to Z at 100 miles an hour and figure, hey, if so-and-so is doing it, I can do it too. Maybe your DNA, your makeup is not that same. Maybe, Roger, maybe you got a million dollars. I'm going to make, I'll make 7% of my money. I'll be the lender. Matt, you seem to negotiate, but you don't want to build. Matt, can you negotiate the short sales? Yeah, of course. This is my fee for services. Okay, great. And then there's someone else that actually has the balls to go out there and run everything and do everything correctly because they took the time to understand the ramifications of the footing, the foundation, and the framing to build a structure. And that's how I tell people from this side, from short sales, you cannot fake it until you make it. You will physically drive somebody into foreclosure. So you have to have the proper training. You got to start somewhere. Not that I'm trying to sell salesy with the book, but Jesus Christ, would you rather spend $20 or $50,000 to find out yes or no? Is that something I want to get involved in? So this book was written for people that wanted to understand a real behind the scenes look of what goes involved, what's involved and what happens during short sales. That's it. Now, some people say to me, Matt, well, there's not a lot of meat and potatoes in the book. Listen, if I wrote this book the way I wanted to write it, there'd be 1,500 pages in this book and nobody would read the book. As it is right now, people are like, yeah, I'm skimming the book. So it's like, why would I put all that stuff into one book? They're like, oh, I get it. You're trying to make more money. It has nothing to do with fucking money. It has to do with education. How serious is someone that they want to learn about short sales? This is a lost art. This is a craft. You can, and I'll tell you this, you could have the same servicing company. Doesn't mean you have the same lender. You could have the, you have different servicing companies, but you could have the same investor. So there's different variations. There's no two mortgages that have the same DNA. And if anybody ever tells you that, they're fucking full of shit. Amen, Mr. Matt Marinoff. Matt, you're at MatthewMarinoff.com. You said you had your cell phone. What's the preferred way that somebody would make an initial contact with you? 
I have my calendar on MatthewMaranoff.com. They can reach me on MatthewMaranoff.com. Go to the calendar, accept an appointment. If you can, just put a note, show you on the podcast, heard you on iTunes, you know, from, you know, Roger's podcast show, Street Smart Success, and just say, hey, you know, I want to have a casual conversation with you. Of course, I didn't have a conversation with me. Just try to figure out if we have synergy. But if you do nothing and you're like most people that spend all this money and do nothing, you're a complete idiot. That's all I got to tell you. Go to Vegas. Go get an eight ball and a hawker. You'll have more success. (laughs) (laughs) And and we, with those words, an eight ball and a hooker. Yeah. uh, We we, we will conclude. Uh, Matt, I don't think anybody's ever accused you of of being boring. And I'm not going to be the first. I'm going to tell you that right now. And uh, let's circle back uh, next year and and, and, uh, do another one. Awesome. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Bye.